This is Theology Thursday on the Bill Bunkley Show, brought to you by Word of Life Bible Institutes in Hudson, Florida. And now, here's your host, Bill Bunkley and Dr. Marshall Wicks. All right, we're back. It is uh, coming up on 20 minutes after the hour. It's time to uh, talk a little theology this afternoon and uh, the distinctions of uh, what our Christian faith is all about. And we've we've been so blessed this year, week after week after week, from our friends at World Life Bible Institute. And this week we have Dr. Marshall Wicks back with us again. And, you know, it's probably kind of an interesting subject for a radio station because... We're going to tell you, just don't listen to us. In fact, we're going to tell you that we are your secondary source uh, to get um, some great teaching of the Word of God. And we'd be the first to tell you, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. And to help us more understand that, Dr. Marshall Wicks is uh, one of the professors of the Word Life Bible Institute uh, here in Hudson. And boy, I tell you, when you look at how much the youngsters are drifting today and millennials and even some kids that are brought up in Christian homes, what an important step it would be when your son or daughter graduates high school to uh, put them in that one or two year program to really put some solid foundations uh, under their beliefs. And that is the wheelhouse of my uh, weekly guests. And uh, that's why uh, I always relish the opportunity to have uh, them share with us their wisdom as well. We're also going to tell you about uh, a presentation at the World of Life. Bible Institute on December the 2nd. Might want to have your pen and paper ready. Um, it is the uh, the arrival of the Magi. We'll tell you why it's the Southern Tour coming up in just a moment. Uh, Dr. Marshall Wicks, good to have you with us. Good to be with you, Bill. Well, uh, I guess we're praying a little bit differently these days because we now know which platform is at least going to be in play. So I think for uh, possibly your institution, possibly a lot of churches, Maybe even preaching on a street corner or sharing with folks into um, going into an abortion mill. Um, We at least have the opportunity of an extension to have our religious liberties and free speech. And so now I guess the opportunity we have an opportunity is not didn't fix anything. It's only short term, but we got a chance to do what we're going to do today. And that is share biblical truth in a public forum. That's for sure. And uh, that's the key. We have to look at this as a a few extra years. America has been, like, really blessed with our ability to get out. We've been very bad. Yeah, but we've still been blessed. But he's blessed the remnant, and now we have an opportunity, right? And that that opportunity to share the gospel, to, you know— the way things were going, I think a number of Christian schools would end up would have ended up being shut down over different, you know, issues relating to same sex marriage and bathrooms. bathrooms and all these, you know, they're really not important things when it comes to running the country, but they're ways that the government can can begin to do the work of dismantling uh, the witness of Christians uh, here in this country. So. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a sigh of relief, I think. A collective sigh of relief went out from most uh, Christian leaders uh, around the country. I just know so many of them who said to me that, you know, they'd been praying, they'd been working, they'd been emailing, and uh, they were just grinning. So that was kind of nice to see. 
more work to be done, but uh, to God be the glory. And, uh, Father, forgive us for our sins and uh, for us, the remnant. We we know we got something that we really didn't deserve, but we thank you, Father, and uh, help us to... Um, Help us to do exactly what you'd have us to do, and that is to share the gospel and make disciples. So church attendance, mandatory, non-mandatory, required, non-required, all those are questions that have been part of uh, the gospel down through the ages. Let's begin our discussion today, Dr. Wicks. Um, You have the concept of salvation, and then once you have accepted the Lord, you have this concept of worship. Uh, Is there a difference between the two? Yeah, and I I think this idea of mandatory, you know, when we talk about what do you have to do to be saved, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You you can be out on a desert island. You you can be the only person in a huge gymnasium that's reading a track, and you can get saved. It's it's a personal one-on-one thing between the person who's hearing the gospel and God. And, And so... It it is carried on over all of the time since the garden. I mean, the gospel was right there. The seed of the woman was going to smash the head of the serpent. And so that gospel has never changed. Salvation has always been the same. It's always been an individual opportunity. You know, towns can't get saved. You know, it'd be nice if you could just pray and everyone. But it's a personal decision made by each person and the grace of God that brings salvation does appear to each person. So everyone at some point in their life is going to be confronted with the claims of Jesus Christ. You can't get away from it. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of of Romans. But worship, and and that's kind of what we're talking about today, worship has changed. There, There have been different worship systems. And are these worship systems mandatory? Does God put a, are there a lot of rules associated with it? Well, yeah. I I mean, you just can't go out and do your own thing. It's like, well, I think I'd like to worship in a tree for the rest of my life and build a tree house and go up there and, and do your own thing, burn some candles and, you know, who who knows what you'll end up doing. Read a few comic books. Kind of sounds like a monastery. Say a few hallelujahs or whatever. And, and say I've worshipped. And so we don't get to decide this. I mean, if it was left up to us, everyone would do their own thing, right? It was like it, we'd all turn into Frank Sinatra, the most evil song ever written. I did it my way, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we'd all be doing the Jesus thing our way. We'd all we'd be going in different directions. And, and God has put in different, he's instituted distinct and different worship systems for different time periods. So how people worship, say, back in Moses' day is very different from how we worship today. No one kills cows at church. No, you know, we don't go in there and start stabbing animals or cutting the heads off of birds. We'd really get in trouble if we did that. I mean, uh, that everyone would be upset at us. But that, it's not that way anymore. We, we have a new way of worship, and it's very possible that after the Lord returns and you know, God sets up his kingdom once again. There will be a different way of worshiping. But those worship systems are important. And they come with rules. And the rules aren't there to hurt us. The role, rules are there to make us more effective. I, I tell the kids that uh, the rules are about baking a better co- chocolate chip cookie. 
You know, it's a recipe for making a difference on planet Earth. God wants us to be the light of the world. And, you know, if you take one light, one little match, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference in a huge auditorium. But when everybody gets out a candle or everybody gets out a, a light, it, I, I mean, it, it makes an incredible difference when you combine those things together. So we have to recognize that God wants us to make a difference in this planet. We we live in, in a very dark age. It's always been a dark age, I'd say. And we need our lights to shine so that men will see that light, see our good works, and they will be attracted to our Father who's in heaven. Now, can we stop sinning? No. But can we set up the worship systems that God has instructed us to set up? Yeah, we can. These things are doable. This is a way that we can carry out the Great Commission, that that we can be responsible caretakers of the gospel. Hmm. When we talk about worship, Dr. Marshall Wicks, um, you talked about a little bit about, you know, the way they worshiped in Moses's day with the animal sacrifices that has now been suspended because Jesus is the sacrifice. But, you know, it's interesting because depending on and again, church history had something to do with this, because uh, for many years, like we some churches have a Sunday morning worship. Mm-hmm. Some have a Sunday evening. Some have suspended the Sunday evening worship. Uh, some have a midweek worship. Uh, some do Sundays every now and then. And so the idea we're talking about here is we're not talking about um, any kind of argument for the number of times you gather or how you gather, because that's how the Spirit leads can lead differently. We're just talking about the fact of coming together and what we call corporate worship to where you have a, either a small group or a group of people that is, uh, which really is the church. The church is the people, not the church house. That's right. And and it, it's incredibly flexible. I, I mean, that the, the mosaic system was very rigid. You had one building where you could offer sacrifices. You had to come once a year. There were certain days that you had festivals and you had to follow certain procedures. And uh, those things were very important. But as we look at the new formatting that God's given us, you know, after the book of Acts, it th- there's an incredible amount of flexibility, but it isn't like wide open. You just can't decide, well, I think... We're just going to have church here at the house tonight, you know, and get out a little grape juice and get out a few crackers and sing a few songs and, you know, have a good old time and and start replacing the gathering together of 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 the body. And and the the body implies it doesn't have to be a certain size, but it it's a gathering of people from different families, different professions, you know, coming uh, together to to share with one another uh, how God has been working in their lives and 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 that's that's the idea there that that we need to get across that these are opportunities for us not only to make a difference in the community because God said that's the way you're going to make the biggest difference but it's also going to begin to make a difference in our own lives because when when you think about the the fruit of the spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. Hmm. Well, if you're not going to a 
to a gathering of yourselves together, who are you loving? I, I mean, it's like it you're just looking in a mirror in many ways mm-hmm. if you're doing this thing by yourself. And so we we, we need to have th- that that body. And it talks about in Romans that we learn to use our gifts in the family first. That, we ought to think about the the body of Christ, the church, like we do a family. And as we come in, we come in as little children, and mm. and we're built up, and we're encouraged, and and we're taught. And slowly over time, we begin to shift from uh, a child to a young man to an adult. Uh, we don't require our children to get a job like three days after they come home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes we expect believers to be like mature believers as soon as they finish the sinner's prayer or as soon as they're baptized, where where the church ought to be a place where we're nourishing and growing each person and encouraging them to develop the gifts and the skills that God has given them. Mm. Because, go ahead. Well, why is worship important? Because I know that... Um, it seems to me at those times where I was really growing, it was like the spirit was drawing me. I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get the church to get the next nugget. I couldn't wait to the midweek service to get out of the world and to maybe go have that midweek supper and just kind of yeah. hang. Yeah. And and I got to tell you that um, a little side note is it's important. That if you're in a smaller church, then it's fine. If you're in a larger church, you really need a small group, too, because that, that interaction is very important. You just don't go and walk in and walk out. you got to interact, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we think sometimes, well, the church isn't going to make me more saved. The church isn't going to keep me saved, at least, you know, in uh, the church that we go to. And I think in most of our circles, we, we would think your salvation is secure. So... If if I'm if I'm saved, and this is where you know this is how some people get it so wrong. They think to themselves, "Well, if I'm saved, what else do I need? To, why why do I need to bother going to church? Why do I need to be baptized? Why do I need to to take the Lord's Supper? Why you know why do I need to hang out with those people? I always thought they were weird anyway. You know that go mm-hmm. to that church. Uh, but if you look in the Bible, you begin to realize that the only time that God ever directly kills people just about is when they violate worship rules like Nadab and Abihu back in the book of Leviticus took strange fire into the tabernacle and God killed them smoked them yeah he fried them they're just three spots then then Uzzah (laughs) remember Uzzah was he was bringing uh, helping bring back the the Ark Ark of of the the Covenant. Covenant And it started to fall off at the altar. I always feel sorry for him. I'm just telling you, I just feel sorry for him. And he reached up and touched it. Why did he die? Because they weren't supposed to put it in an ox cart. God gave them specific instructions as to how they were to carry it, because this was a part of their worship system. When Ananias and Sapphira, you know, when they brought their offering in and liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) That's right. But, But God never killed anyone because they wouldn't believe. God, God, God never grabbed, you know, Jesus never grabbed people by the throat and said, hey, listen, you wouldn't believe and smacked them around a little bit. It, it's like salvation is always offered patiently and carefully. But God wants us to understand that even though worship, even though like our church system or the temple system in the Old Testament, and they had other systems before that, 
that even though those systems don't have hold spiritual life and death value for us, they are extremely important. And therefore, God is more likely to, you know, why did Jesus chase the money changers out of the uh, the temple courtyard? You know, hmm. why did he whack on them with a big stick or with, with a whip? Uh, Uzziah, the king, went in and he touched, you know, he offered a sacrifice. It wasn't even in the Holy of Holies. And he comes out covered in leprosy. So God takes his business about church seriously. Now, it usually happens at special times, and I, I don't think you have to worry that if you skip church one Sunday, that and you know lightning's going to come down and and right through your roof and fry you there in your chair. But God does want us to understand that that the church, as a way of worship, is something that we need to value. We we need to priority. Yeah, it, not another compartment. Right, not another competing thing priority it's not just one of many things that we do it's one of one there's only one worship system that god wants us to be involved in on planet earth and that's the local church and and it it, it's the local church not the universal church sometimes well i'm a part of the universal church and we kind of make little there is a universal church we don't want to go down that road but our membership, uh, our participation ought to be in a local body where uh, the Word of God can be taught and, and where light can begin to uh, infiltrate the world around us. And, and we get the strength that we need and, and you know, the armor that we need even uh, to handle the, the day-to-day wear and tear of being a Christian in in a secular world, it, it wears on you. I could, you know, it's like I, I work at a Christian place now, so it is a bit different. But I can remember by Wednesday, I would be really feeling down. You know, Sunday, I'd be all excited. I'd be pumped. You know, I'd, I'd go out, I'd charge out Monday morning. And it was always great, you know, Wednesday to kind of get a little bit of ga- gas back in the tank. Mm-hmm. And... uh you forget that you need it after a while, and and you can't drive your car on fumes. Mm. We we need to be keep the tank full, and the fellowship that we get at local churches, God honors by giving us that kind of spiritual charge that's going to take us to. It's kind of like the manna, maybe you know they had to collect it every day. So now I'm not saying every week. I'm not saying how many times that. You ought to have church, but it it is it is like the manna. What what you get from one service it isn't going to last you the the rest of your life. Mm-mm. It's like we we need to keep coming back for that fellowship and that uh, that worship experience that God wants us to have. Mm. Go to take a break. Check in with us for Red News. When we come back, we're going to tell you about the Magi Tour coming to the World of Life Bible Institute on December the 2nd of Friday night. You want to really check that out. We'll tell you how to get there on the website. But we come back and wrap up our discussion. But what does it really mean? You've heard the term, many of you veteran Christians, 
worship in spirit and in truth. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the fact the church is the body, but then how does all this come together and, and why it's important? And we'll also talk about the fact that you may not have been aware of it, but uh, this is a very special week. You know why? Because this is National Bible Week. And uh, we'll also uh, tell you about uh, some very special comments that were made on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives this week. All this and more with my guest, Dr. Marshall Wicks, coming up in a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Please, let's go down to the river. Yes, let's go to the river. Let's worship in spirit and in truth. Bill Bunkley show here on Theology Thursday, 41 minutes past the hour. Dr. Marshall Wicks is in studio. Get your pencil and paper ready. We'll tell you how you can uh, get your spot for the Magi Tour that's going to come for one night and one night only on December the 2nd at the Word of Life Bible Institute in Hudson. Dr. Wicks, want to just a couple of final things to wrap up, and then I want to share a little bit about National Bible Week, but... Um, Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. That is from John four twenty four. As we're trying to reemphasize, they're trying to emphasize the importance of us coming together and anticipating our time together. Talk about this this dueling sort of characterization: spirit and in truth. Yeah, it, it it's kind of hard because the first thing you have to decide there is is do we capitalize the word spirit? Are we talking about the Holy Spirit? Or are we talking about the human spirit? Uh, some translations have it the idea of the human spirit. Others uh, have it with more the Holy Spirit. But I, I think as you look at the context, what he's saying is, listen, it, it's not the mountain you worship on. It's not the building that you walk into. That worship is an approach. It's an attitude. It. It, it's a way of coming to the Lord. And one of the reasons I think God has changed up the worship systems over the years, different ways, is is he wants us to submit ourselves to worshiping God, God's way. Uh, too many of us want to do our own thing. We, you know, I constantly run into people who say, well, why can't we just worship in our dorm room? Why can't we just worship, you know, out in a field? Why can't we get a few people together and, you know, we're a body? Why can't we do that? I, you know, there has to be a sense of awe involved in this. God, mm-hmm. God wants it to be something bigger than us, something that we don't control. And, and the word truth, I think, really kind of hammers it home. Because so often we, we think, you know, as we go to church, that we have a worship ser- serf- service and then we have the preaching. But truth is, is the core idea in worship. Worship is about truth. So the, the most important time of worship at, at a service is, is when the truth is shared with the congregation. I mean, there's truth in the words of the music. There's truth in a number of the things that we do. We worship through giving. We worship as we sing. We have these different kinds. But we should never, you know, separate the preaching of the word, the truth. It says later in John, uh, thy word is truth. 
See, and and it's the opening of the word. Uh, it, yeah, it's a spirit attitude. Jesus says, "Listen, there has to be a, an attitude of submitting ourselves to God, of coming there because God wants us to be there." Uh, sometimes, you know, why should I go to church if I don't feel like it? Well, the answer to that is feel like it. <laughs> mm. you know, change how you feel. Get your heart right. Don't don't stay away. Because the truth says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And understand there's competing gods. Yes. All you have to do is get up, check your smartphone, turn on the cable, uh, drive down the street billboards. There are so many things screaming, screaming at you. Come here. Come here. Come here. Reminded of like the prostitute on the street corner. Come in here. Come in here. There are so many things that can on a Sunday morning. Well, let's, let's do this. Not saying that once in a while, you know, we're not trying to be legalistic, but your heart is, you know what? I can't wait to get with my brothers and sisters at church because that is a priority refuge for me. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's the modern, uh, we're, we're kind of addicted to the idea of feeling good. You know, it's... It, oh, we what, deserve to. Yeah. What's, it's our privilege. Yeah. Look at what's happening. Don't tell me I can't have what I want. And, right. and don't tell me my truth is not my truth. That's you can right. have and, your truth. I have mine. Yeah. And and we're going to pl- go play with Play-Doh if, if we don't like the truth, the reality around us. And w- when God says to do it in spirit, he's saying, listen, conform your spirit to what God says. Don't try to conform what God says to your spirit. Don't... don't you end up with a false god. Yeah, don't ask to change church so it it suits you. Suit yourself to church. And you know, see how we do it backwards? It says in James that we ought to hear first, and then we ought to speak, and then we ought to uh, be angry. He talks about anger there. But think of that backwards. See, what happens to us today is we feel first, we get angry, then we speak. We say something really dumb. Mm. Then... You know, it's like hours later, we sit down and, and we think about the Word of God, and it says, don't do things like that, or don't say things like that. Then we feel sorry, we confess our sins. Why do it backwards? Why not start with the Word of God? Why not find out how you ought to feel before, why don't we do that before we open our mouths and, and start to complain I, look at the wilderness. They complained about the food. They complained about the way. They complained about the leadership. So, kind of sounds like a local church, doesn't it, in a lot of ways? It's like, yeah, seven to 14-day trip cost them 40 years. Yeah, and, and we're just never happy with... Uh, mm. And God doesn't want... Uh, let me let me say this. God, God doesn't want to make it so that it's so attractive you want to go there. God wants you to... Be willing to adapt your spirit to the truth. He, he wants us to be willing to, to ask the right questions first and then believe what he says and, mm. and participate wholeheartedly. You know, it's going to church to put in an hour, like somehow God's going to reward us for that if our spirit isn't in it, if, we, mm. if, if we're not. Let the spirit draw you. Uh, yeah. Let yeah. that spirit draw you to the Lord. And um, I want to tell you that um, when you know that you're in, first of all, and, and don't think like you have to do 15 things every day. How many of you go through a year and say, boy, that year went by pretty fast. Boy, this day went by pretty, boy, this month. Well, are, 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 have you got too many things on your calendar? 
<laughs> if you don't stop and smell the roses and spend time with the Lord, guess what? You yeah. are going to see your life just flash before you because that's another one of Satan's lies. Keep you so busy so that you don't keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Change your heart so that it suits your church. Don't change your church so it suits your heart. Mm. So get them in the right order. And don't stay at home. Find, ask the Lord to lead you to a great and a proper church home. All right. Uh, Want to give you a website, wol.org, wol.org. A great presentation. One night only, December the 2nd. You get a chance to go out there early and tour the campus. Uh, Dr. Wicks, talk about this uh, arrival of Magi. Yeah, it, 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 it's a... Listen, it's designed for young people. Let's get that out. And uh, it it's not, if you've been up for one of our more traditional ones, this is different. The music is different. The presentation's different. But we, we want to reach young people with the gospel. And uh, we have a great campus. You know, maybe you know some young people would like to look around, come up a little bit early. But if you go out to WOL.org, you, you know, they're on the top right-hand corner, they have some little dots or little lines. You click on those, and it'll it'll talk about the tours. Check the Southern Tour. You don't have to pay for the tickets. They're free. But you can get tickets there, the free tickets. We do need to have a little bit of control over it because we don't want to have, you know, 8,000 people show up for 2,000 seats or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it would be a great way to find out a little bit more about Word of Life. We think, listen, we're not a local church. Our kids go to local churches. Uh, but we feel that we can help local churches by, by being able to put on presentations like this and uh, minister in a lot of different ways. We're, we're big believers in, in the local church and ministering to and through the local church. So come check us out. That's December the 2nd, Friday, and pick up your, uh, you can get some tickets at wol.org. Choose, make sure you choose the Southern Tour. Southern Tour. Yep. All right, wol.org stands for World Life Bible Institute. As always, Dr. Wicks, thank you for being with us this afternoon as um, we contemplate why it's important to come together. Amen.